Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name's Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders. And this is our Thursday evening conversation through the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. Here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community beyond. And if you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to check out our website at www.churchofvictoria.com or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash vctchurch. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share it. That really helps us out. And if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell on so you get notified every time we have one of our classes. As I said, this is our Thursday evening conversation. I'm real excited to get into it. Um, happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. When they see this one, it'll be Happy New Year. That's right. Be. So Happy New, New Year. Year. We're... we're <clears throat> Talking to you from the past, so yeah. it's not the new It's year. hard for us to keep this straight sometimes because we're, we're recording things that are going to happen two or three weeks down the road, and yeah. I was thinking, well, we can say, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, but that's the, that's that's, the one that's coming out Thursday is going to be that yeah. one, and we forgot to do that. So. Well, and I think we said Happy New Year on that one, too, because well, it'll be the 31st, so <laughs> it'll come out hey, on the It's all right. It's okay. The content is what's more important anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. So. Well, this is our Thursday evening conversation where mm -hmm. we talk about some of the most interesting people and places and, and events in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to get into it. We're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 16. We're talking a little bit about Hagar and Ishmael, and so it's going to be good. I'm excited. I'm going to try to keep from coughing. Okay. I've got a head cold, and, and it's, uh, if I'm if you guys watch me, I'm going to be popping halls. And, you know, if I sound like i got a rock in my mouth, because I do. All right. So, well, brothers, you want to go ahead and pray? Let's, let's go get started. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. We thank you, Father, for the for the material that we've got to work with, and it's so so thankful, Father, that that you saw fit to uh, to give us the written word that we can navigate through and study and learn. And I pray, Father, that we'll learn some things that we can apply to our lives, and that you'll help us and you help our our hearers and listeners uh, as they uh, as they navigate through. I pray that we'll be a blessing to them in what we're doing here. And, and they'll learn and grow. And if they have questions, that they'll call us and, and talk to us and, and uh, voice those concerns and questions, Father. Thank you so much for this avenue. Bless us, Father, as we get through this. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you, brother. Have you ever known, have you ever had a problem and you knew the solution was just to leave it alone? <laughs> but you couldn't do going. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. You know, when you raise kids, you know, you get to you get to a point where you know that, you know, I've done this before and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. And if I do it again, it's not going to work. And I just can't leave it alone. <laughs> just, you just got to do it. You know, most people that are watching, they know I'm very opinionated. And, and I just, I can't stop myself sometimes. <laughs> you know, I know the solution is not going to go well. And I just can't stop myself. And it's a flaw I have. I work on it. I'm better than, than I used to be. But, yeah, that, you know, it, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, I built a, I'm, I'm a mechanic by trade. And I've done things that, you know, you have to learn that you, you look at and you say, this has not gone well before. This this particular direction not going to go well to, to do this repair i gotta i gotta find something else and you know but man I, this is what i've trained this is what i've learned and i just can't stop myself and, and the same thing happens every time and you're fixing the same stuff and you learn after a while that there's some things you need to not do that way it's interesting so it takes practice then. yeah it does take practice it, it takes it, it takes maturity it's you have to mature at this so but it, what i find interesting about this is that 
it doesn't take it doesn't seem to take all that much practice or maturity to recognize that you shouldn't do that you shouldn't necessarily do something but to stop yourself from doing it it does take a level I of think, maturity I think I think you know Cole I think it, at certain ages I I don't I think uh, you know we just we just as dumb as a box of rocks man sometimes and we just can't we we can see it we can get it pointed out to us and we just can't stop ourselves you know, we do learn as we get older and we get more mature that, you know, this is not going to go well if I do it this way. I'm, I maybe need to step back and rethink this. Mm-hmm. But it, it does take age and it does take time and practice and, and just navigating through it until you get to a place where you where you look at it and say, I know this didn't work last time. It's not going to work this time. I'm not going to do it again. I'm just not going to do that again. So I think it does take it does take maturity. You have to mature and you have to grow up and you have to, you know, and that, whether you're, whether you're talking about in the book or where you're talking about in life, whether you're talking about in a job, in a marriage relationship, raising children, you know, you learn some things that don't work and you learn, you know, I did this before that didn't work and, uh, and I'm not going to do that again. And so, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it can be very difficult though. Why? Why is it so difficult? I mean, you know, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking of anything particular, you know, but I, I've, experienced that in my own life where it's like I know if I do this this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this is going to happen and none of those things are good mm-hmm. and so I really just need to shut up and leave it alone and I, and I couldn't do it mm-hmm. I couldn't do it so why does it why do we have to get to that point of maturity like what is it what is it about years down the road that changes you to enough that you can go I I know this is bad and I'm not actually going to do it for once I think it. I think you know it's enough times that it happens to you. Hmm. You know, I think I think you do. You know, <coughs> you know, you're married. I'm married. You know, I mean, there, there's, there's things that you can say. You know, y'all been married what ten years? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things that you can say now that you still haven't learned. That that's probably not going to work. Hmm. That particular dialogue's not going to work. Uh, and the more of it, more times it happens that after a while, and some of us are just, we're hard headed, man. We just can't stop ourselves. <laughs> we just can't. And, and, uh, and I've learned that there's some things that, that I need to, uh, I need to, I need to say different. I need to, I need to do different, uh, to get a better outcome and a better result. You know, I want my wife happy. I want her, I want us to have a, a calm and tranquil and it's, uh, there's, of course, it, you know, it's gotten to the point now where we've both grown up and both matured. And uh, both of us can come from an argument, and in 10 minutes we're good, move on, forgot about it. It wasn't always like that, but it took us a long time to get there. So you'll navigate through that, and you'll find yourself looking at it and saying, you know what, and now I know what he's talking about, because I made a mistake. I did something I probably shouldn't have done. It didn't work. I did it twice, did it three times, did it four times. It never worked. Now, I, I never got in my way. I never got, you know, a good outcome. You know, it's probably, you know, if I keep doing this, I'm going to I'm gonna really show how stupid I am. So I probably ought to stop at some point, you know. <laughs> but, but that's, especially guys. Yeah. You know, we, we, can, be, we can be really uh, ignorant mm. sometimes in, in the way we approach, especially personal situations and, and especially the female population our wives especially we can be really ignorant sometimes you know but, but it's all of us that we're not it's not relegated to just some of us I think all of us are like that 
you know, we make mistakes and, you know, we, we can look down the road and say, I know this is not going to go well. You know, my wife used to put my youngest son on restriction and, uh, and uh, he would come to me and, uh, and say, uh, you know, it, uh, can I go down to, to guy's house down the street? Sure. No problem. You know, and I learned, it took me a while to learn. What'd your mama say? That's all I had to ask. What'd your, what, because, and he told me just the other day. He said, yeah, sometimes she'd go by because they, they were laughing about it. Sometimes she'd go by and I'd go like this. <laughs> I'd wait. And he said, I knew that who was going to get in trouble. <laughs> and so it took me a while to learn. Maybe it's because I'm just, I'm just not that bright. <laughs> you know? It took me a while to learn. You know, I need to ask different questions of him. Right, yeah. Because he was showing himself smarter than me, you know. And I have to ask different questions to get to get the get to the truth here. Right. So I don't get in trouble, you know. And and after a while, you think, you know, maybe when my wife's not home, it's not going to let him go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe the better better way of approach to this. But you know, yeah, it's hey, you know, all of us go through that stuff. You know, we look at something and say, you know, I know that this didn't work last time. It's probably not going to work this time. You know, I wish I wish young people would, we could learn it quicker because it saved them a lot of grief. Yeah, save them a lot of grief yeah. in the things that they do. So, you know. But. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that you kind of tied that in with men towards towards women. Uh, of course, we're going to be in Genesis chapter sixteen, and we're you know. And we're I did still... not do that on purpose. So don't make me out like I'm really a genius because <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. You know, that's just kind of way the conversation went. <laughs> you know? And and here we're going to deal with something, right? Yes. Now, if mm-hmm. we remember, we're going to deal with Abraham, or we're going to deal with, or Abram, he's still Abram mm-hmm. in the text. Um, but we're going to deal with him, and we're going to deal with this promise. If you remember um, the last episode we, we looked at, we looked at Genesis 15, and we looked at this awesome promise that he would receive before God, that he was going to have an heir. It was going to be one of his sons. And so... Abram knows he's looking forward to this promise, right? And we're going to pick it up in Genesis 16. And I'm going to, I'll read through some of this text and then we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Now, this is an easy, I feel like this is an easy situation to deal with in the 21st century. No, this is bad. We're not going to do this, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you know, my wife came to me and said something like this, we'd be like, no, uh-uh, <laughs> we're not doing that. Not going to happen. Um, but back in this time period, during this period of time, this was a very common thing. Um, Abram had just mentioned that Eleazar from Damascus was his um, heir, uh, the... If you had slaves, any of the women that you had as slaves, if you had any children by them, they were considered to be uh, legitimate children, and they were usually considered to be legitimate children of the the two uh, of the household. And so, this might not have been that crazy of a suggestion, but it is. It is crazy. Well, I think a lot of times we come at it from the perspective of the twenty first century, right? You can't do that with this. No. And I've done that when I've taught a class before. Look at it and said, was he out of his mind? Is he out of his mind? Yeah. 
You know, yeah. I mean, this is a recipe for disaster. But that's from a 21st century. My wife comes to me. I'm saying, "Are you crazy? No. Yeah, no, no that ain't gonna happen, no, man. No. I don't really have any kids, no, man. No, <laughs> no. But that's from the 21st century, and from from a legitimate, you know, spiritual Christian household. No, I'm not gonna do this. Right. But you can't look at it from this culture no. and this perspective. You know, it looks on the face of it, it looks like this is not gonna go well. Right. Because you know. History of humankind. This doesn't. This this never does well. You know when when uh, you know when the uh, uh, when God when God said they were going to have a king, the very first thing He said, "Don't go take wives from foreign nations. Don't don't do right. this because God said this isn't going to go well for you. Well, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well even for us now. It's not going to go well. What's fixing to happen here? But you know the, the problem is. Is that we look at it from a from a mindset that that we can't look at it from that correct because it is it is a cultural thing, and this was more common in their culture than we wouldn't even think of this now. Now there is in my mind there is something big here that sticks out, mm-hmm. which is where is your faith, mm-hmm. right? God said He was going to provide you an heir. Do you really need to go and and figure it out for God? Well, I, I understand what you're saying. But to defend Sarah a little bit, she's she's not she's not been given she's not been talked to like this by God. It's been God's been talking to Abram, and so she all she knows is that that there's supposed to be an heir involved, and if she can't have one, and she legitimately believes that God has not has kept her from having children, right. then what her what might her response be? Okay, well maybe God wants it to come some other way. And maybe I've just not been listening. How dangerous is it? how dangerous is it when we presume on God? Oh, behalf? it's very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. God's more than capable of, of fixing and carrying out His promises. More than capable. When we start getting in the middle of it, trying to and you know, and sometimes we won't even know. We may not even know until until God comes back until we go to heaven, where we find out that man, that was a mistake. Hmm. I should not have done that. But God's big enough to fix the problems too. He is big enough to fix the problems. But here, they're gonna they're gonna cause they're gonna cause a great upheaval here by what she does, you know. And God's not gonna condemn the the air this air, but we're gonna have to deal with this air even today. We're still dealing with this. We're dealing with the with the with the fallout and the kickback of this even today because of what what she did. So the consequences of this. I'm not going to say it's sin, but the consequences of uh, maybe it is sin of uh, her not having any faith in God. We're going to have to deal with now. Mm. So Abram agreed to what Sarah had said. This is continuing in verse two. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, so last time we had talked about when they we did the promises, we noted that he was probably somewhere in his 80s at this point. At this point, he is 85. We do we know that because mm-hmm. when Abram was called out of Heron by uh, the Lord, he was 75, right? So it's been 10 years, he's 85 now. And that's that's kind of striking to think about that, you know, he if we think about his journey, right, he came came down from Haran and then he went down to um, Egypt and then he came back up from Egypt and then he had, you know, Lot was taken, Lot and him separated, Lot was taken. So there's a lot of stuff that's gone on. He's had the Battle of Five Arms and this is all in 10 years. It's all in 10 years. And so it's been 10 years and... They've been living in Canaan. They've been wandering in Canaan. And Sarai, his wife, 
took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she saw she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, you are the reason. Oh, my, uh, you want to, you wanted to pick it up from there in verse five? Yeah, it says, then Sarah said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And then Abram says, your slave is in your hands. Abram said, do not do with her whatever you think best. And Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Mm. Now, you know, when you look at this, uh, the first thing that jumps out at me is, uh, you have two women in the same house. Now I understand. I'm taking it from a 21st century perspective. Right. You have two women in the same house, and one of them is pregnant. One of them is an Egyptian slave. Okay, she's not a Jewish female, and they're going to have problems. What did you think was going to happen? Hmm. What did you think was going to happen? You know, you didn't think. I mean, when you when you talk about Rachel and Leah and all and the, all these multiple women, there was going to be problems. Right. It would have been problems. It was multiple men. There would have been problems. You know, this is not the way God designed it. Mm. He did it's not true. design it this way. You know, you can say, oh, well, it's a culture. Okay, God put up with this. Right. But it's not the way he designed it. No. He said a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, not wives. Yeah, for so sure. This is the this is man doing what man wants to do in spite of what God is, the way God's designed it. Do you see the design pattern here, though? Mm-hmm. From the garden? Oh, yeah. Adam and Eve question about what God had said mm-hmm. and what God was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then they they live in sin, right? And the sin progresses and everything else. There's the fall of man and the, the repercussions. And then there's the name blaming, right? Well, she said, and yeah. well, she, the snake His said. Fault, her and, fault, yeah. And we see that again here. We see that same type of pattern occurring again right here with very similar type people, very similar type characters. <coughs> and so... It really leads us to this understanding that they're not living in faith. They're not walking in faith. They're yeah. not when when we take it upon ourselves to accomplish something that God has said He's going to accomplish. We're not living in faith. No, we're trying to solve it. We're trying to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're trying to solve it ourselves. Does that ever work? And just like this, there's always going to be repercussions for that. Yeah, and there's going to be repercussions here. It's repercussions in our own lives. We start living by living outside of that faith when we start trying to do and I said I say this sometimes to my class I said quit trying to do God's work God's in the saving business you are not just being the following business we're followers we're supposed to be followers of Christ denying ourselves picking up our cross and following him not in the saving business I can't save you I can't save your mom I can't save nobody all I can do is follow Christ he's also in the sanctifying business that's exactly right so for those of you I can't who, do any of those things. For those of you who aren't sure maybe what I mean by sanctify or sanctification, it's the process of being made holy that's unto right. God. Yeah. Um, the reality is that that's not our job either. No. God does that in us. No. Our job is, as you have said, to follow or specifically in the process of being made holy if to he, submit. If it was my job and if I could do it on my own, I would not. he would not have had to give me the Holy Spirit that's to right. lead me and guide me and, and, and inter, intervene for me. That's right. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm saying, you know, anytime we start taking on God's God's job, it's going to be trouble because we're not any good at it. It's not it's not who, what we're made to do. How difficult it is. How difficult is it 
as a as an elder in the Lord's church, a man who's walked with God for what thirty years? I don't want to put a hard number on. Yeah, thirty years. That. No, okay. forty years. Forty years. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a man um, for a man who's walked with God for forty years, an elder in the Lord's church. How difficult is it to remain patient? To wait for God to work things out, number one. And how difficult is it to recognize when those things occur? Like when I, I should I can be. I can tell you that it's 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 easier now to know that God's gonna show up. Okay? The being impatient part is, well, maybe he's not gonna show up. Maybe he's, maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he's gone on vacation. And so we get impatient. It's easier now to know that he is gonna show up. Because I've seen him show up so many times. I've seen him show up in, in, in works of this church, in works of my own life, you know, in, in, uh, in joys and in sorrows. And I've seen him show up. I've seen him cause great things to happen through really garbage stuff that's happened in the church and in people's lives. So I think it's easier to be patient when you know he's going to come and he's going to show up. You may not recognize it at first. You may not know when it's going to happen, but you know he's coming. You know, he's going to do something. So it's easier It's easier to be patient that way. You know, Sarah has been, they've been traveling. They've been on the go for 10 years. I can understand how, you know, she says, maybe I need to help. You know, it ain't any different than anything I've done before. Maybe I need to help. And, and, you, and you get into it, and then now you've made a mess out of it, and then God shows up and fixes the mess. Because God's in the clean, mess cleaning business. He really is. He cleans up messes all the time. You know, he uses us to help clean them up. Because we're the ones that started them in the first place. We're the ones that did it, and then we have to then we have to jump in and try to help clean it up. But you know, watching people, what what I get impatient with, not not impatient with, but what I get what what makes me sad, frustrated. I don't know, is to is to see people making mistakes that I know I've made them, didn't work, never worked, not going to work now. And, and then, but then also watching them learn that and say, you know what, God's going to show up. I just got to, I just got to be patient. And it takes, it takes a lot. It's hard. Can you ever think of a situation or a circumstance in which patience, waiting on God, waiting in prayer, isn't the answer? I've never seen, no, Mm -mm. I can't, I can't ever tell you that, you know, because I've seen just the opposite. I've seen, I've seen an eldership. Try to take over and try to take do God's work for God, and and it and it uh, and it starts to fracture and starts to get unbalanced, and things don't work well, and you pull back, and I've I've seen that happen, I've been a part of that, and then I've been a part of it where, you know, you finally get to a point you say you know I give up, I can't do this anymore, I I, I you know anything we touch is not working, and then watch God move in. And say, okay, move out of the way. I got this. And then do it. And you're going, <laughs> your eyes get real big, and you're going, gee, Williams, man, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't think that was kind of coming. Why did I need to bang my head against the wall for yeah. so long? Yeah, time? and and so I, I think, I think it's a, uh, it's it's, it can it can very it get it can get tough. I wish people would listen to those us who are older, and have seen it happen have seen us raise children, have seen us go through spiritual crises, spiritual, you know, canyons. I wish they would, I would see that. You know, I, I really feel for this lady because, because uh, 
her life is starting to unravel here. God hadn't showed up yet. She got impatient. She, she, uh, she stepped in the middle of it. Now she's stuck in the mud and there's not much she can do. And, and, and her husband's really not a help because he doesn't know what to do either. What, what am I, what's I supposed to do? And, you know, I, I did, we did what, okay, in our, in our feeble little minds, we did what we thought was, would help. And that's not, that evidently wasn't part of the plan. And that isn't an accusation against, that's not, a, no. you're not throwing a rock at Abram. I mean, no. all of us, that's, no. that could easily be all of us, no. you know, in all, in all of our feeble little minds, we do what we think yeah. is the right thing. We, we see the problem unfolding and we go, oh, I know what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And what really needs to be done is us just stop yeah. and be patient yeah. and be in prayer and wait for the Lord. And I think people are watching out there. I think there's there's probably a, a, a few of them that are that are in something right now, and they and they they've really worked at it hard. You know, maybe they quit a job and went to get another job because they thought that would help, or maybe they've they've uh, done this or done that and thought that would help, and you know, and then they did this and this and that didn't help, and you know, maybe it's time just to slow down and just to stop and just to turn and say, you know, God, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I'm going to start talking to you about it. I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really slow back up and just let you take care of it, and I'm gonna just wait for you to show up, and then be patient enough to let him show up, yeah. because he will. Sometimes all he's waiting for is for us to stop and get out of the way, and I think if that's where you're at, I think you know, please, just stop, just stop, because what you're doing is not working. You know it's not working. It hasn't worked. It's not gonna work, and I don't even know what it is, but I know over the course of my life. I've seen it happen so many times in so many different ways that, uh, you know, when you just back up. So, I mean, when you have kids and you're raising teenagers, uh, you know, you make a lot of mistakes. Hopefully, you don't make mistakes big enough that they're catastrophic and they're tragic. You know, we didn't. We didn't. And, you know, and it, uh, thankfully, I've got three faithful sons and, you know, trying to raise three faithful families and that not a testament to us that's a testament to god yeah god did that because we really i really tried to louse that up a lot you know <laughs> but you know i mean when you when you look at at uh, at how god can you know and if you've got a if you've got a a son that is 16 17 18 years old and he's come to you and said i know what i'm going to do and i'm going to go do this and you go are you out of your mind and uh, and he goes and does it and just what you thought you're out of your mind because it didn't get better. It got worse. And, you know, and then, and then you watch God start to straighten him out through no, through none of your help. You just start to see God straighten him up. And I think it's, uh, George and I were, uh, faithful enough, but I was the one that had to learn, man, I get my hands off this because, you know, this isn't working. Me having my hands on it's not working. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I relate here because you know these are these are decisions that you make that are that are not gonna they're not gonna help anything. It's gonna make it worse. Well, I think we see the root of it too, right here, right. So she accuses Abram, right? Mm-hmm. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. In verse six, your slave is in your hand. Abram said, "Do with her whatever you think best." Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. Hagar, like Sarai, and like Abram, and like everyone else, is created in the image of God. Mm -hmm. She's been made in the image of God. 
And the root of all of this trouble that starts in 16 is this right here. Abram looks at Sarai and he says, do whatever you think best. And that's really the root of so many problems. Do whatever you think is best. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's yeah. a dangerous place it to is. be. It is a dangerous place to be. Because, you know, what we should be doing is let's, let's see what God wants us to do. Let's see what, what would God ask of us to do and what, what, is, what would his plan be. You know, his plan would be to love Hagar and to treat her with respect and with dignity. It wasn't her fault. She was only doing what her mistress told her to do. Now, her her being ugly to her her to her mis to her to her masters mistress, you know, that's not healthy, but you know, people treat us bad all the time. I mean, you know, that you know, doesn't mean we have to treat them bad in return. Right. Doesn't mean we they, they get what they got coming because they did it to us first. Well and imagine and and in this in this power dynamic that's going on too, Sarah is the, the master. Mm -hmm. You know? Hagar is is a slave. Yeah. You know, I mean a slave that now she's been used and abused in this way. Mm -hmm. You know, she's been given in, given to Abram. She's basically been used to have a child. I mean, I could understand where Hagar is coming from. And don't get me wrong, I can understand where Sarai comes from too. Mm -hmm. This desire to fix these things that need to be fixed in your own mind and to do whatever you think is best. I mean, I can't, you know, I've had, look, I worked on an ambulance. I had to make a lot of calls. You know, I had to, I had to do a lot of what I thought was best, you know, and, uh, Sometimes that worked out. Sometimes it didn't. You know, it's just the reality of it. You know, sometimes you can't do anything to save a patient. Sometimes you can. Um, but it's it's tough. And when you've been in that type of position, I know for myself, when you've been in the type of position that you're so used to seeing what needs to be done and getting it done, you're so used to reacting to situations. Okay, this happens. So I've got to do this and I've got to do this. It's hard to turn that off. Yeah. It's really hard to turn that off. You know, I mean, it's it's almost like my default setting. You know, this happens. Okay, we're gonna do this. You know, like an immediate pivot. You know, like watching somebody, you know, play basketball. One of the greats playing basketball, immediately reacting to the situation that's occurring to to succeed. Right, mm -hmm. and it's the same situation. You know, it's it's hard to not do whatever we think is best. Well, I think that, you know, you you were trained to be a paramedic, right? Yeah. Yes, you were trained, and uh, and your training kicked in to make you make decisions like that. Correct. One after another, because life and death hung in the balance. Correct. And when you left that, you still have that trigger in your head that you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take. Well, there has needs to be a new training involved. Yeah. Paul tells Timothy in First Timothy chapter four, train yourself to be godly. So the new training for you, the new training for me, train myself to be godly. That means I have to go into training, different kind of training, practicing this. You know, you you. I'm sure that y'all went to training and practiced and practiced on on a, on in the field and did all. You know, you went with a, another guy who was a who was a uh, you know up above you and and you watched and you learned and you and you got hands on. It was all training. That's right. Till you till it become automatic. Right. This is the same thing. We go into training to be godly until it becomes automatic. And it takes a lifetime. You know, this lady is going to make a decision that is going to affect people for generations to come. That's right. Still affecting them today. Because of the of the of the 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 per the kid that she has 
and where what's going to happen with this with this child. So, you know, I mean, we're we're a uh, you can't beat her up. You know, this is part of the training process she's going through. This is this is me. You, you know, know, I look at I look at her reaction to everything. I look at how she sees things, and I I don't I don't I certainly don't see someone where I'm pointing the finger, going, "Oh, no. she should have known better." That's not what I'm doing at all. But I, I have before in a class because of, because of looking at it from a 21st century perspective right. instead of looking at it from her century perspective and where she's at. She's really trying to do the right thing, but she's doing exactly what we do, you know, trying to do God's job for him. That's right. And and thinking she's doing right. Yeah. And then watching the consequences follow her like the consequences will follow us. You know, you think you're doing right. You think you do the right thing. And you do this, you do something, and then the consequences don't seem to go away. They seem to just keep just keep following you around. This consequence of of a, of, of children or a, or a, an upset mate, or you, you bought a house and said this is going to help my family because it's bigger, and I know it's going to it's going to be a little more money, and it's going to have to, it's going to cost a little more. I'm going to have to go. I'll have to work a little harder. And now the consequences are now you can't ever go to church because you're working all the time. You're you don't never see your kids. Because you're working all the time, you're tired when you're not working, and you got to have some some relief. So you have a so now you're making all this money. So you so you now you have a you have a, a an outlet, a hobby. You go golfing, or you go deer hunting, or you go you know race cars, whatever. And you do all of this stuff, and now the consequences are that your family starts to unravel. And you really thought you were doing a good thing, bought this house, and it's going to be in a better neighborhood, better schools. And now I'm losing my children and my wife's, you know, and I are distant. We don't talk anymore because we're, because, because I'm never at home. I'm always working, make a lot of money, but what good is it? (laughs) And see, so I tried to help. I bought, we bought this house and maybe God was saying, dude, dude, wait, wait, I got something. And we did it anyway. And, and now the consequences are I got a house I'm, I'm paying for but I'm having to work all the time to pay all of all this stuff. I want to be happy. And God said, I'm going to give you life, give you it abundantly. Well, religious people told me that meant I was going to be wealthy and wealthy. You know, so that must be the truth. So I'm going to help God out. So let's, so let's, let's help out. Let's, let's take a step back. Now we've looked at, we've looked at her making this decision. We've seen the root cause of the problem, mm-hmm. doing whatever she thinks is best, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what happened here. She knew, she knew this promise was coming down. But instead of being patient and waiting on the Lord, she said, you know what, let me just go ahead and, and do this, right? And we, we commented on that. If I am a Christian, help me figure out what am I supposed to I've got I'm facing a decision, right? To go to the right or to go to the left. Whatever the right or left may be, I'm facing this decision. How do I make it? How do I make it in a godly way? How do I make it in such a way that it's going to please God, it's going to rely on Him? What do I need to do? I think you need to sit down first off with people you respect, older people who have made a lot of life decisions in their lives, and you need to listen to what they have to say. Most young people that I know, they, they'll sit down with somebody that they don't want to hear what they have to say. You know, well, that's not, they've already got their mind made up. Their mind's made up. Listen to what they're going to, what they're going to tell you, you know, and not just one, listen to two or three or four different people. And then you pray with them, and you pray, and you pray to God, and you pray with them, and let them pray for you. So this is godly counsel. Seek godly, godly ca- counsel. Seek godly counsel. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, if you're a female, seek a seek a godly woman that that you know has lived her life. And I, if you don't know one, I I I can 
pointed to a bunch of them. <laughs> There's a bunch of them I we know. We are blessed supremely. That have some regard. godly women. Man, June Wilburn is a godly woman. And she's been around the block, man. She knows. You know, my wife is a godly woman. And she, you know, she can give you good counsel. Uh, I know I know numerous other women in this church. Carmen McGuire is a godly woman. Yeah. You know, there are godly women in this in this church that that would, uh, 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 you know, Pam Taylor. Yeah. Godly woman that will that that could give you sound counsel and would pray with you and say, let's pray about this. Yeah, any of our elders' wives. Any any of you think wives, I think so. Any of them. I think so. And, and I there think, are multiple other women besides that. Absolutely. And yeah. if you're a guy, you know, I mean, you know, find someone that you connect with. Mm-hmm. You know, every one of us has someone that we that we're comfortable with. I mean, you and I get along really well. I would really be disappointed if you had some decision to make and you didn't call me. I would really take offense to that. I mean, it really, it would make me, it would, I would go, wait a minute, why didn't you call me? You know, I mean, you know, my counsel, I mean, I, 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 I've been there, done that. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've got to. Uh, kind of stepped that in that this past week, didn't we? <laughs> I didn't, apparently, yeah. very unintentionally, but yeah. <laughs> You know, so, so seek out godly counsel. What else? What else? What what else should we do? We we seek out the godly counsel. You mentioned praying, so we pray over the situation. But what? How do I? How do I come to a conclusion on making a decision? I mean, right? I've got to make a decision, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the, I think you, uh, uh, I think you 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 have to stay in the word. You have to stay in the word. God will navigate us through the word. Take us someplace in the word. I think you need to be, I think you need to, to, you know, you have to ask yourself, is this decision something that has to be made yesterday? Or can it be made next month? Or three months from now? Any decision that you can't spend the time praying over is a decision that doesn't need to be made. I think you're right. And I think many times we get impatient, like, like we talked about a while ago. You get impatient and we we say, okay, I need, I need, and you know, I'm, I'm, I've had to learn this. Uh, I've had to, I've had to learn that, that when my guys, my boys got things to do, I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to worry about it. I used to worry and fret over that stuff. Is it going to get done? Is this going to happen? Gonna... Man, I don't care anymore because I've watched them make decisions and make those choices and it come out okay. So I've had to learn how to step back a little bit and just let God take over and let God, let God work through them. Because they're letting him let them let let that happen, so I think, I think praying over it for sure, and then being patient, letting it letting it unfold, letting it letting it work out. But godly counsel, praying over it, you know, talking to God about it, letting God talk to you, because He talks to us through the Word. You know, we open the Word, and and if you can't navigate through it, then get somebody to help you with it. Get somebody to sit down and say, let's read together. And let's talk about what we're reading. Yeah. I think that would be part of godly counsel anyway. I think godly counsel would use scripture. As well, and part godly of it. counsel should be the ones pointing out some of the obligations and responsibilities we have towards the Lord. You know, leading a life that pleases Him. You know, you used that example earlier of buying a house. You know, mm-hmm. godly counsel should come along and say, well, wait a minute, if you buy this house, remember you're going to have insurance paying all these things. Are you still going to have enough to tithe? Are you still going to have enough to give away? Are you still going to be able to do these things? How much How much time is this going to take away from your family? If you go and get this and you have to work all these extra hours to make this payment, I mean, are you going to have any time for your family? 
you know, what are the real important things? Maybe it's maybe it's not time to buy a house. Maybe it's time to save. Yeah. You know, right now you're in a good position. You can save up. I, you can. I see. have I have a a guy that that uh, that I worked with for a long time, and uh, he had a he had an opportunity to become very well off. And uh, and he didn't know what he was doing. You know, he got he got this will to him, this opportunity will to him. And, and he was, uh, it was very difficult for him to navigate through. And I told him, I said, he came to me and I, I told him, I said, there's three things you need to do. I said, you need to make sure IRS is taken care of. You need to make sure IRS is taken care of next year. And you need to make sure, and I said, the first thing you need to do is you need to give, give, give to God. First thing. Second thing is you need to make sure that IRS is taken care of. Because he, he was in a pickle. And he was, he had all this money coming in, he was in a pickle because he wasn't paying his taxes. And, and I said, and then you need to make sure that Uncle Sam is taken care of next year. And I said, you do those three things. And of course, he's looking at me like I'm like I got three eyes. He didn't have a clue what I'm talking about. And I said, I tell you what. I said, you let me help you with this. I said, I'll I'll work with your finances. I'll put you on allowance. And I said, I'll make you a promise. In ten years, I said you'll be you'll have a half a million dollars in the bank. Promise. I talked to him just the other day, about ten years ago. Talked to him the other day, he ain't got nothing. And I said, you remember what I told you 10 years ago? He said, yes, I know. I said, where would you be today? He said, I have half a million dollars in the bank. I said, what well, you got in the bank? He said, I ain't got nothing. You know, counsel was, you know, I will get people, you know, but he didn't want to give up control. So all that money. And, right. and it's, uh, and, you know, my counsel would have been, let me help. Let me be get involved with it. I don't want nothing. I just want to help you. Right. Yeah. You know, and I want to help you to, to become more godly by your giving more. I mean, it's such a responsibility having having that. You know, just listening to what you're saying, it sounds like he was willed a, a something that was generating a lot of income. It was generating, and a lot that's of a huge. It's a. It's look. It's a blessing. There's mm-hmm. no question. It's a blessing from the Lord, but there's also no question that it's a huge trial yeah. and test. Yeah. And and he didn't know how to navigate it. He really did. You have to be you have to be incredibly cautious with such things. I'm going to skip here to the end of this story. I'm not going to go through all of it. Um, Hagar flees, and the Lord meets her at this well, and uh, he conveys this promise. He extends this promise to to Ishmael and his line as well, where he says in verse 10, "I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count." And he speaks this prophecy. Um, about Ishmael and his heirs. I'm not going to read through all that. If you want to read through that, go ahead. But what I want to point out here is in verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Now the one who sees me, this name, it's it's in one of the names of, of the Lord. We didn't do, we did a series on the names of God, mm-hmm. but we didn't do any of the L names. Mm-hmm. And so this is an L name. It's El Roy. And it's the Lord who sees me, or the God who sees me. Mm-hmm. We probably so, should have done that. Well, we didn't do any of the L names. We stuck with the, Maybe the we'll Yahweh go back names. One day Maybe one that. day. We'll do that. But how that's a pretty good name. How important is it to remember oh, that he does oh. see You know, me. Cole, when, when, we start, when we start getting into a situation where you've got to make a decision, and you get impatient, you make a bad decision, and you make it worse, uh, you know, it almost becomes like, you get to the point like nobody cares, and even God doesn't love me anymore. And to know that he sees me, 
that he is watching. And, and it's like children. You know, sometimes sometimes you have to let a child make a mistake. Sometimes you have to let them. You're not going to let them get hurt, but you let them make a mistake. You know, and, and, and you, may, you may know that, that when they make the mistake, you're going to punish them or you're going to reward them or whatever's going to happen. But they, it, they're, you're doing it so they learn yeah. and grow. And God does that too. There's something we missed here, though, that I want you to see. Look back at verse 9. Verse 9. Yeah. It says, Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. Sometimes, sometimes, her mistress was ugly to her. You know, God, God's saying, wait a minute. If you're going to do the right thing, sometimes you're going to have to be around people and they're going to be ugly to you. But to be a godly person, you have to stand up there and stand up under it and just take it. It's a lot easier to do that when we remember he sees us. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It is. So it is. that's a good point, though. That is a very good well, point. Well, one thing we did not cover here, and we maybe, you know, and I kept been alluded to it for a while. You know, we're still dealing with this today because this guy is is where the Arab nation comes from. And we've got all of this stuff that we got. They, they trace their seed line back, all the way back here. And so, you know, we're still dealing with the consequences to a certain extent of some of this, of this mistake that was made. We're still dealing with it today. You know, yeah. so it, it's, it's tragic that sometimes our consequences are... are uh, that they they go second, third, fourth generation, and there's still consequences of things that are happening in families because of a decision that somebody made. Somebody made a decision to to leave England and come to to the new the new land, the new Americas, and they came and and everybody now is an American, and uh, and that's a good that you know they they left and that the consequences of that decision uh, affected generations of people to come. Yeah, that's so. true. Well, but we need to remember, I think, out of this, you know, when we're making these decisions, you know, we God's watching. God's he's watching. And it's not that's not a horrible thing. That's not a oh, he's watching, so you better no, do no, right. No no no, 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 no. He he knows. Yeah. He's watching. He mm-hmm. sees you. Mm-hmm. He knows. And I think that if we're I going want, to make I want to ask you a question. Sure. You got two little girls. Yeah. One of them's a real handful. <laughs> you know, do you see most of what she does most of the time? Probably not. But you see a lot of what she does. Oh, yes. I yeah. You know, I when you're in a house and you know it gets really quiet, you don't have to see through walls. No. You know there's something know. going on. That's right, yeah. You know, you know, I need to go check. Something's not good. You know, or they come and they do something and, and you, see, you watch them and they're, and they're doing something really special. And you see all that stuff. You know, you don't miss that stuff. Well, God loves us more than you love your daughters. Mm. And he sees this stuff because he's so proud of us. And he wants so desperately for us to do right. And he's trying to, he's training us through blessings and discipline. He's training us. Hebrews chapter 12 says, endure hardship is discipline because God trains those he loves. He's training us. That's right. And so he wants us to do well. He wants us to be right. He, he wants us, he's got so much planned for us. Yeah. Got so much for us to do that, uh, that we that we can't even begin to imagine what he's got cooking for us out there, you know. We look around and say, "Man, look at where I've gotten to." Man, I only got there because God got me here, because God put me here, because because he's of the blessings in my life, and he's and he's really, I mean, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He really is. There's a lot here, man. I mean, oh man. I hope this this has helped you guys. I really do. I hope this I hope this text has helped because it 
you know, we you can relate to Hagar, you can relate to Sarah, you can relate to Abraham, you know, you can relate to any one of these people, and every one of them has something to teach us about uh, about God and what God does and how God says tells her go on back, go back, you know, running away is not the answer. Go back. Yeah, there's so much in this entire narrative, and this is just you know, this is just one chapter. Yeah, this is just one chapter, and then we're gonna see God continue to confirm this blessing with Abram. Absolutely. Yep. In this next chapter, mm-hmm. looking at what's happened, and you know, it's hard for me not to think, God, why weren't you just done with this fool? Yeah. Is him and his harpy of a wife? What in the world? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what is going harpy on here? Of a wife. But you know, the reality is, I'm Sarah. Sarai's decision here, Sarai's actions here. I can see myself there. Yeah, I can I see myself it. making yeah. these same mistakes. I have made them. Abram saying, you know what? Whatever you want to do, I can see myself mm-hmm. making that mistake. Hagar saying, you know what? I'm done with these people. I'm gone, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm so gone that I'm just gonna go out here and I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. I can see myself making that decision. Mm-hmm. And God comes along and fixes yeah. all of yeah. it. Yeah. And it's pretty awesome. Let's pray. Yes, sir. Father, thank you so much for the story of Hagar and Ishmael, and the story of Sarai and, and these decisions. It really, hopefully, Father, we, we realize that, uh, that you are a God that does see. You see us, Father. You're watching us. You know what's going on. You know the decisions we're making. You know when we make bad ones. You know when we make good ones. And we, we know that you have a plan in our life. You have a you. You're going to unfold some things in our lives, and we need to be patient enough to let you do that. Father, help us to do that. Help us to be patient enough to let you motivate and navigate through our lives. Father, thank you for what you're going to do for us. Thank you for what you're going to do for this church. Thank you for what you're going to do for the people that are watching and I mean and listening to us in, in, in this broadcast. Father, just bless all of us in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen.